Welcome to this blessed and holy place. We've been greeted by the great souls, Maharaj, who stays here, Prabhu, Hare Krishna. Thank you very much for making this place so beautiful. Every year that we come here, you've made some improvement. It's one of the most serene, sanctified places in all of the Vraj because of the devotion of Maharaj and those who take care of this place. It's clean, it's beautiful, and always well-maintained and welcoming. Thank you. I mean, Radhe Radhe. So, this is a place where Srila Rupa Goswami did his bhajan. Let's start with Mangalacharan. Om Jnana Timirandasya Jnananjana Shalakaya Chakshurun Militam Dena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Shri Chaitanya Manobhishtam Stapitam Yena Bhutale Swayam Rupa Kadahmayam Dadati Swapadantikam Vandeham Sri Guru Sri Uta Padakamalam Sri Gurun Vaishnavamscha Sri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahagana Ragunatam Bitam Tam Sajivam Sadvetam Sadvatutam Parijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Sri Radha Krishna Padan Sahagana Lalita Sri Vishakan Vitamscha He Krishna Karuna Sindo Dina Patrubhyascha Kripa Sindubhya Evacha Patitanam Pavanibhyo Vaishnavibhyo Namo Namaha Jaya Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Sri Advaita Gadadhara Shivasari Gora Bhakta Brinda Nitai Naminetche Namirhate Shadamulye Namtite Chere 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 Hare Krishna Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama. 
Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Shri Chaitanya Manobhishnam Stapitam Yena Bhutale Swayam Rupakada Mayam Dadati Swapadantikam. So we offer our obeisances to Srila Rupa Goswami Prabhupada, who, by the order of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, after learning the science of devotional service, came to Vrindavan and repaired to this place, Terkadamba, to do his uh, worship of Krishna and to follow the order of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, which was to Nana Shastra Vicharanaika Nipano Samstapiko Lokanam Hitakarano Tribuvane Manyo Sharanyakaro. This uh, Srinivasacharya has said the Goswamis were very busy compiling the uh, Shastra. There are so many scriptures in the of the Srimad Bhagavatam. The sages at Naimasaranya say, Burini Buri Karmani Shotavyani Vibhagasha Atasadya Vimucheta. That there's so many scriptures. That how do we know which ones to follow? That if you try to follow all of them, you'll be exhausted just trying to keep up with the various rules and regulations and who knows which direction to go. So, Nanashacharanaka Nipano, the Shastra Sunipana means a, a person who knows how all of the concepts of the Vedas together. They're like uh, spiritual geniuses. They have the insight into the purpose of the Vedas and to how each part fits together and complements another. And by the empowerment of Lord Chaitanya, who said to all of his associates that previously I had empowered Srila Rupa Goswami with his heart to know the full science of Krishna consciousness, then he set about his work along with his other associates, his elders and Guru Sanatana Goswami to compile the Vaishnava scriptures and to give form to the very detailed instructions of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who is Krishna himself, telling us exactly how to perform devotional practices. So Sri Chaitanya Manobhishtam. Uh, Rupa Goswami is the one who knows the inner desire of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. This was indicated in the Antyalila of the Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita, we know that during the Rathayatra in Puri, which is the time in which Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is feeling intense separation from the residents of Vrindavan and most particularly from Srimati Radharani, that he picks up a song and begins to sing it. In fact, we find that all of the process of devotional service is based on these songs, which awaken within the heart of the devotee, the mood of, of devotional service. It just so happened that Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu picked up a popular song of the day, the kind you would hear like in Bollywood. But this, he heard everything as music uh, glorifying uh, Radha and Krishna. And so, he sang that song, who would understand, except somebody who knew his heart exactly. If, 
If we try it, we go to a Rathiyatra in New York or Los Angeles and begin singing a song from a major motion picture. Someone will cut the mic really fast and say, what happened to you? But uh, Rupa Goswami could understand the mood of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and he composed a parallel verse, understanding the mood of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu singing this song. And he put it in the thatch, stuck. It's a, made out of palm leaf back then. They used to write on palm leaves. And he took the mantra, and he put it in the thatch of his roof, uh, of his hut, and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, on his way to take bath in the ocean, had seen it there, almost like a flag sticking out. And he pulled it out and he read it. And he's, he then, when he met Srila Rupa Goswami, he said, how did you understand my mind? And he gave him a slap. That how could you understand my inner feelings? This is uh, Sri Chaitanya Mano Bhishtam. He could understand the inner mood of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu by Mahaprabhu's empowerment and by his deep devotion to the Lord. And what's more, he could understand the purpose of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu besides the esoteric reasons for which he appeared in the world, which are explained by Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami, Anarpita Charim Chirat Karani Vatina Kalao Samar Rasam Sapaktishriyam. That Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Krishna actually is thinking for, for how long? Actually, it's been forever uh, that I've revealed to the world the loving mood of my devotees in, in Vrindavan. That people know about the majesty of the Lord in Vaikuntha. But who knows about my, my devotees' love for me in Rajadam? Itam sutam brahma sakana bhutya dasyam katanam paridaivatenam mayashitanam naradarakena sakamvrija rukritapunja punjaha. In the story of Agasura in the Srimad Bhagavatam, we hear from Shukadeva Goswami that some people they worship the Lord as the impersonal absolute. And other people, and they're in this mood of servitorship, they worship the Lord in his mercy in Vaikuntha. And then there's other people who are overcome by the material energy. Mayashitanam Naradarakena. So they think he's just a regular person. But Sakamvrijaru Krutapunyapunjaha. Here there are these cowherd boys. Shukadeva Goswami is telling about they're playing with Krishna, stealing one another's lunch pack, running after Krishna, see who can touch him first. They're playing like frogs. Krishna is imitating frogs. They all imitate the frogs. In complete equality. And he says, Sakamvrijaru Kritapunjaha. What kind of Bhakti Unmukhi Sakriti has accumulated uh, so that these living entities, these Special devotees can worship Krishna in such freedom, unceremonious love. And so the, the love of the devotees in Vrindavan, uh, he says, Anarpita Charim. For how long? For, forever. I've never revealed this exactly to everybody of the world. 
One of the purposes of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu coming was to show the world exactly what it looks like in the topmost planet of the spiritual world. Just so you know where you are, lowest of all is located Devi Dam. That's not a good place to hang out. Above Devi Dam is Mahesh Dam. Go to Mahesh. He has a lot of uh, ghouls who follow him. That's G H O U L S, ghouls. And above the Mahesh Dam, the, there's Hari Dam, the abode of Hari in Vaikuntha. But above Hari Dam is the Nija Dam. That's Krishna's personal abode. That's the Goloka Vrindavan. And the exact manifestation of that abode is here in Vraj. But this is Boma Vrindavan. Actually, according to the Vaishnavacharyas, the Boma Vrindavan is sweeter than Goloka Vrindavan because here the pastimes of Krishna are so human that when he takes birth in the Vraj, he actually takes birth. He says in Mathura even, when he takes birth, same Vasudev, Krishna, he's got a crown and four arms and so forth. What kind of baby is that? But in, but in Vrindavan, when he takes birth, Krishna actually takes birth. There's some child labor, so much so the Ashoda can't remember if she gave birth to a boy or a girl the next day. So the Boma Vrindavan is the sweetest of all places. And Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu wanted to reveal this place uh, to the world. And he wanted to do it through his devotees, the qualified devotees. And the chief among them was Rupa Goswami. Uh, Rupa Goswami uh, came and sat down in this place and did his bhajan. We can imagine he wrote uh, some of his books here. The books now that we see and maybe sometimes take for granted because Prabhupada made them so available. For instance, the Sri Upadeshamrita that has the quintessential advice of Bhakti Yoga that Srila Rupa Goswami thought, it's almost a bridge book. He thought for the future, for people who don't have much time, they can't read the whole Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, the Lidalita Madhava, the, all the many different books, and then Vidagda Madhava. He said, so then I'll give them this primer, starting Vacho Vegam, Manasakrota Vegam, and it, it ends up with, with describing the gradation of, of realms ending in the pinnacle of uh, Sri Radhakund. And so now that book Srila Prabhupada had around 1976, uh, translated it and given commentary to the book and then through his organizational prowess, he had it printed. It's in many languages. It went out all over the world. And one day I was many years ago and still in my mind, I was in the San Francisco airport where we had a spot to distribute books. They gave us a prime spot in the airport unknowingly. They thought they were banishing us to a remote part of the airport to an old unused insurance booth to sell travel insurance. And when we moved into that booth, we knew that we had hit the jackpot. 
because everyone thought we worked there. And we did. That was the main part of the airport. It was to get a book by Srila Rupa Goswami. And at that time, the books had come out, the Sri Upadeshamrita, and we distributed tens of thousands of copies from that one booth, among other books, but we kept it stocked. In fact, we didn't even have to lock up the drawers there. We just come load them all up to the brim. Nobody went in that booth. They thought it was abandoned. And then we'd come out every day, stand behind the booth, and people come over and ask for directions. And we'd give them directions how to go to here, Terakadamba. And one day I, I was uh, musing about how this young man from Taiwan, student, had been in San Francisco visiting. He came over to the booth. I showed him at Upadeshamrita. He had never heard of such things, obviously. And uh, he took the book. He gave a donation, $10, for the Upadeshamrita. And then he unzipped his bag, put it in, zipped it back up, and headed out for Taiwan. And at that very moment, when I saw him walking away, it just came into my mind. I wonder if Srila Rupa Goswami sitting here at Tergadam, writing the Sri Upadeshamrita, and meditating on how, how this could benefit someone somewhere. Otherwise, authors write. Why do they take the time to write it down? They can just enjoy the knowledge for themselves. But they want it to go out to the world, the authors. So. Would he see in his mind's eye, by Lord Chaitanya's arrangement, this young student, 23 years old, from Taiwan, in San Francisco, in the middle of an airport, getting a book written in Terakadam, and then walking away, taking it home. Who knows what his mother said when he opened it up, when they got back. What is that? Father came over to inspect it. The rest of the kids, wait a minute, let me, let me see what you got there. Everyone flipping through, looking at the pictures, seeing Rupa Goswami's Samadhi picture on the front, and wondering at the various uh, the Sanskrit, the, the transliteration. The, what is all this? It's a great wonder. This was the intention of Srila Rupa Goswami. Nana Shastra Vichara Naika Nipano, Dharma Samsta. He wanted to establish Saddharma worlds everywhere and Prabhupada made it possible to extend the heart of Rupa Goswami who had understood the mind of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to go out into the world and to benedict the people who are just languishing in the material world studying this and that how to exploit the material nature a little better than other people and then they just get exploited right back again and then a heap at the end, frustrated. I made a good run of it, but now I have to drop this body and start all over again in the cycle of birth and death. So we're very fortunate to know the source of these books, and to know the heart of the person who wrote them, and to be able to come here and beg for mercy, to be able to follow in the footsteps of the great Acharyas by assisting them by imbibing the knowledge in these books and then making sure that they go out to every town and village of the world, which was the mission statement of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He wanted Prithiviti Achinyacha, Yata Nagarari Gram, that he wanted in every town and village 
people would have contact with Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and the knowledge that came from there, from, from his lotus mouth. This place is also famous as a pastime place for Lord Krishna, Terakadam, the Kadam trees, and Krishna would call out and have, this was a place of rendezvous, a place where the cows would come, 900,000 cows Krishna had, I should say 900,000 cows only, 900,000 only he had, and he knew every one of them by name. In fact, when he called the cows from here and said, Terakadam, there's a, a branch that he would sit on and call out to the cows, play his flute so they could hear and they would come. And Krishna has japa beads also, just like we do, only they're made of jewels. And on each one of them, he says the name of one of his cows because they're so beloved to him, the cows, when he would call them. And he would also call his friends together. We know from reading Srimad Bhagavatam how Krishna, early in the morning, would come and call his friends. He would be the first one up, ready to go. He'd blow his buffalo horn, and all his friends would hear it, and they would come rushing out, and they'd bring all their calves. And then there's a convergence. How many calves? And Arbuda. There were millions and millions you can't even count. And then they go off into the forest for the day. And he would call also his girlfriends, the gopis, to this place. They even had rasa dance here. So Krishna is calling to everybody. In fact, it's he who's reaching out. We read in the Sri Brahma Samhita that uvacha puratastasmai tasya divya saraswati kama krishnaya govinda hey gopinanitibi balabhaya prayavanir mantraste tasati priyam. When Brahma, who came out as the first being in the universe, was in darkness, he didn't know where he was or what his origin was. He tried inspecting the lotus flower up and down into the water of the causal ocean. He couldn't discern, but then he got the instruction that he could understand because he was so intelligent. Tapa. Tapa. Tapasya means heat. You have to perform some austerity. And with the intention to perform austerity, then Divya Saraswati, the divine Saraswati came before him. Uvacha Puratasmai Tasya Divya Saraswati Kama Krishnaya Govinda He Gopijana Ityab. Balabhaya Priyavanir Mantraste Dasati Priyam. And she gave him this mantra that uh, is uh, the Krishna mantra and said, Tapas Tom Tapa Etena Tava Siddhir Bhavishiti. You perform austerity by chanting this mantra. And when you. At, when you chant the mantra, all perfection will come to you. Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur writes in his commentary to Uvacha Purtastasmai that the, the klim, bija in the Krishna mantra, fulfills all desires. Those who have a desire to go to the spiritual world, to reestablish their relationship with Krishna, this mantra will fulfill the desire. And for those who wish to enjoy the material world, then it manifests external material world and it fulfills all of one's material desires. So be careful what you desire. 
But tapas tam tapa ete na tavasidhir bhavishiti. If you perform the mercy of chanting this mantra, then you'll get all perfection. And Srila Bhaktisiddhanta writes a very short purport to this verse. He says, his purport is clear. Not much more to be said. But Brahma then, atate pe sasuchi prinam govinamaviyam, shweta deepa patim krishnam golukasnam paratmana, rupanya. He performs the cultural acts for Krishna and Govinda. In other words, by chanting the mantra, the Krishna mantra he had received, he had this internal desire to serve Krishna in various ways. And then, uh, sitting in this darkness of the material world, he heard the flute song of Krishna. The means that he became the first twice born. Chakadola received second initiation today. He wasn't the first, but he's in the same line coming from Brahma because Atavenu, he heard, did Brahma through his, how many ear holes? This is a pop quiz. How many ear holes does Brahma have? Eight. Because he has four heads, time two. So through his eight ear, ear holes, he heard the flute song of Sri Krishna. Krishna's calling out to his devotees through his flute. And then, then he could understand by hearing the flute song of Krishna, went into his eight ear holes, and it manifest as the Gayatri mantra, and then he spoke it out as the Kama Gayatri after his realization. And he was able to understand the ocean, the expansive ocean of truth. And that's when the Brahma Samhita starts, Chintamani Prakarasadmasu Kalpaviksha. So the, the, uh, the beauty of Terkadam is how Krishna is in one place, but he's calling to his devotees so that they can come and enjoy uh, in pastime, eternal loving pastimes, the Nitya Lila with him. He wants us to come and join. And uh, if everyone's okay, I'm going to read just a small section from the Brihat Bhagavatamrita that talks about the journey, the end of the journey of Gopakumar, who comes back to the spiritual world. But how did he come back? Because he had faith in his mantra. Tapastam tapa etena tapasidhir bhavishati. Somehow or other, he got some faith in his heart. Can I have blue bag, please? Blue bag. Blue bag. Thank you. Now I just humbly beg for some glasses. There's a case in there. Is everyone all right? Do you want to go around first and then sit down later and hear more? Are you compressed from sitting and you want to walk around? No? Well, that's only one vote. Let's take more. It's okay if you do. We can come back in a minute. Let's walk around. So we'll come around and we'll refresh and we'll come back and I'll read you this section because this is a, a no-miss section and it'll change your whole life. This section is a continuation uh, as I was speaking before about
how the mantra, through the mantra, we can attain all perfection. And that the Gopakumar had received a mantra from Kamakya Devi, manifestation of Durga, in a dream he got it. And uh, she encouraged him to take it, so did Lord Shiva. And he had some faith in it. That was their family deity, Kamakya Devi. And uh, by the power of the mantra, Gopakumar was taken through every region of the universe where he was seeking his eternal relationship with the Lord. He wasn't fully aware of that. He didn't have an active guru, so he had to go on his own everywhere. But the mantra pulled him gradually back home, back to Godhead. In fact, after he'd gone to all the various regions of the universe and the various parts of the spiritual world even, he didn't find complete satisfaction. He had received instruction from Sri Narada Muni that actually you're the most fortunate because you belong to Krishna's eternal realm in Vrindavan. And he advised him that the way to go there is to go back to earthly Vrindavan, to Boma Vrindavan, and from there perform Sankirtan. So this is not just something we say as a kind of slogan that this is the only way in the Kali Yuga, but it's actually the method. First of all, the earthly planet is where the, we're on the ground floor of the building. The, if you conceive of the universe as a huge building, the upper planetary systems, you still have to come back down here before you exit the building. And if you're in hell, you gotta, you know, do a little moving up. From, from this place, Vrindavan, this is where one can leave and go back straight, straight to Godhead. Of course, if you live in Vrindavan in your heart, you can leave from anywhere, as Krishna talks about in the eighth chapter of the Bhagavad Gita. Gopakumar was informed that he should come here, instructed rather, and he came here and he performed Sankirtan and he was transported back to the Goloka Vrindavan. So there's just a few verses, or a few hundred, just kidding, that uh, talk about what happened when he got there. Sri Gopakumar said, following Narada's instructions, here in Vraj, I went to see the many places of Sri Krishna's pastimes. I sang his names most dear to me. I sang about his pastimes loudly and sweetly. I focused my mind upon them, and I attained such a state of ecstasy and became so emotional that it embarrasses me even to think of it. How then can I describe this to anyone else? I spent my days and nights in great distress, always crying in a pitiful voice, not knowing whether the practice I had so long been following would lead me to happiness or cast me into an ocean of distress. I couldn't tell whether I was living in the flames of a forest fire or in the supreme, supreme nectar of the cool, clear waters of Sri Jamuna. Sometimes I thought I had fallen into the hands of some great deceiver. I was always submerged in a vast ocean of misery. Not even a drop of happiness ever touched me. In such a way I lived in this grove, this most attractive ornament of Vrindavan. And one day, while immersed in an ocean of weeping, I fell unconscious. Then the crest jewel of all who are merciful appeared before me. With his own lotus hand, a hand cool like nectar and always pleased to hold his flute, he wiped the dust from my limbs. 
It wasn't easy, but the greatest of cheats playfully stirred me back to consciousness by filling my nostrils with his unique, heady fragrances, which I had never known before. Then, seeing his lotus face, I quickly stu stood up, not knowing what I was doing, my heart filling with joy. I tried to catch hold of his splendid yellow cloth. That king of charming heroes blew his flute in his own playful way and escaped behind me. Suddenly he stepped into a grove, and alas, though I ran about looking, I couldn't find him. He had disappeared. Unable to see him, I fainted and fell into the swift current of the Jamuna. And as it forcibly, forcefully carried me away, I seemed to regain normal awareness and looked around. I saw myself being transported to another place along some wonderful path by a vehicle flying faster than the mind and higher than one could imagine. Collecting my wits, I was amazed to see I was passing through Vaikuntha Loka and going beyond. I watched with great delight as I passed Ayodhya and other realms. I arrived at the shining world above all others, Sri Goloka, which I had long aspired to reach. Everything there appeared the same as in this divine Mathura Mandala of the material world. In that original land of Mathura, I visited Mathura city. I was surprised to see that it resembled the Mathura here on earth. In that original Mathura, I heard that Kamsa had taken it upon himself to arrest his father and Krishna's parents, Devaki and Vasudev, and was ruling the kingdom. Out of fear of Kamsa, whose family and friends were enemies of the demigods, the Yadavas dared not enjoy themselves freely. Because of him, they constantly suffered all sorts of affliction. Some of the Yadavas escaped elsewhere, and others took shelter of him. I, too, was afraid of Kamsa. Soon, so soon, as I finished bathing at Vishranti Ghat, I hurriedly left Mathura and went to glorious Vrindavan. In that realm, beyond the reach of all the demigods, planetary rulers and personal attendants of the Supreme Lord, I saw that life was going on just as here in this Aryavarta country in Bhartvarsha on earth. The sun was rising and the other natural events were taking place every day in the sky. And on the land, the people were speaking and behaving in the same way as here. I was stunned by astonishment, extreme astonishment, and immersed in an ocean of ecstatic rasa. After a few moments, I saw some men who might have been cowherds wandering in the forest with some ladies, advanced in years and also wearing cowherd dress, who were picking flowers. The people there were different, different from anyone I had ever seen. Someone, it appeared, had stolen the wealth of their hearts and left them helplessly in love with him. Simply by seeing them, I felt the same kind of loving affection. Trying hard, I composed myself and respectfully asked them the following questions. Oh, good people, you are served by a happiness so vast that the greatest sages can't obtain it even in dreams. 
You are reservoirs of the mercy of the Lord, the husband of the goddess of fortune, mercy for which his loving devotees always pray. Please, please look with kindness upon this most wretched person who has come to you for shelter. Tell me, who is the king of this region? Where is his residence? Which road leads there? Dear, dear, most fortunate people, please be merciful to me, who am asking you with mournful cries. Please give me some answer, O faithful devotees, even if only by gesture. I have to read just a tiny bit of the purport because it explains the context. I've been uh, glossing over, skipping some of the purports because of the time element here. Not receiving an answer, Gopakumar first guesses that perhaps these Golokavasis are nearly deaf. He therefore repeats his address more distinctly, saying loudly, Po, Po, dear people, dear people. He then realizes they are not deaf, but simply paying no attention to him. So he tries to impress on them the sincerity of his request. He praises them as Danya, most fortunate, and Suvrata, faithful followers of regulative principles. And if these devotees are following a vow of silence, at least they can answer him by hand signals. Oh, please hear the words of this tormented soul. Alas, you must be under the spell of that clever cheat. In this way, I moved here and there, anxiously questioning each person I met. And as I made my way forward, I came to the pasturing grounds of the cowherds. Looking around in all directions, I spotted in the distance a town adorned with the essence of all sweetness. On one side of that town, all about, I heard wonderful songs sung by cowherd women and the charming sound of the churning of butter and the jingling of bangles. Trying to subdue my agitated joy, I walked forward and came across a seated elderly gentleman, sobbing profusely, incessantly chanting, Krishna, Krishna. With some skillful effort, I made him speak and I heard him say in a choked voice that this town belonged to Nanda, the king of the cowherds, Krishna's, Sri Krishna's father. As soon as I heard those words, I fainted, overcome with delight. Everyone okay? After a moment, that compassionate old man revived me. Okay. Thank you very much, everyone. We'll continue tonight. Cliffhanger.